Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line with us is Heather McDonald. She is a Thomas W. Smith Fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a contributing editor of the City Journal, as well as a New York Times bestselling author. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Heather McDonald. The NYPD released their crime stats. Tell us your interpretation of them at this point. Well, thank you for having me on, Lydia. It's always a pleasure. I think it's appalling. Uh, You know, we have major felonies up 25% year-to-date. Grand larceny is up 31%. We're up 31% uh, with all felonies compared to two years ago. And, you know, my view at this point is that every politician in New York City who is not screaming from the roof of City Hall or from the capital of Albany every single day about crime is complicitous in this crime wave because every single day there are 283 major felonies committed. Every single day there's 174 property crimes against the hardworking business owners of this city who are putting everything they have on the line. And we know for a fact that there will be nearly 200 thefts, robberies, burglaries a day and instead, we have our New York politicians grandstanding about, oh, illegal aliens or Ron DeSantis is so cruel. They know this is happening. It is the most important thing to this city. No more second chances. Here's the rule. From here on. Why, why did New York City vote 70 percent Democratic in the five boroughs? Because they put ideology ahead of common sense, ahead of public safety. Nobody is willing to admit that the ideology that he has committed his life to is a failed ideology. They turn their eyes away from it. I will tell you this, John, race has a very large part to do with it as well. Liberal elites are not willing to look hard on the fact that the inner city culture has completely broken down. It's pathological there is huge racial disparities in crime commission, and we would rather not talk about that. So we can't even talk about black victims. Blacks are overwhelmingly the victims of drive-by shootings. But if you, if you look that at honestly, you also have to look at the fact that the people killing those blacks are not police officers. They are not whites. They're other blacks, and nobody wants to talk about that. So it's frankly out of sight, out of mind. And that stuff to get, doesn't get reported. You don't hear that. No. But, Here's the rule. Here's the rule. Yeah. If, if the race of a suspect, criminal suspect, is reported, it will be white. You will know if it's a white suspect. If the race is not reported, exactly. and I'm sad to say this exactly. is in the New York Post as well, they have stopped reporting race. If the race is not reported, it's a black criminal because the rare instances when it's a white criminal, wow, that's something to celebrate. And you'll hear about that. But, but if you don't know the race, you can always assume it's a black criminal. Heather, this is Craig Eaton. I'm an attorney here in the city. And my, my son and his, and his wife were both prosecutors in Brooklyn for about nine years. And there's three things we need to bring back. Stop question and frisk. We need to get rid of the bail reform. And we need to change the discovery reform. And, and if we change those three say. things, it'll dramatically change the crime. It, also, it, it, it's, uh, yep. Heather, it's, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, raise the age. They changed the age back to 
So that it goes into family court. So the 16-year-olds yep. yep. who are the gun mules, who are actually doing the violence with the gangs, they're not being prosecuted as adults. That raise the age is another disaster. So those so, four things would yeah, significantly well, not, reduce crime. Even, well, we, we brought it up with Eric uh, uh, Gonzalez, the PA yeah. from Brooklyn today, at the PAL luncheon, the Police Athletic League luncheon, that uh, they're not allowing the judges to make any decisions. The first thing judges have to have, the only place, and you know this, Heather, and my colleagues' eyes are bleeding, their heads exploding. They cannot hold somebody in on dangerousness. And we're the only state in the country that allows that kind of outrage to go on. And by the way, and there's no movement on the part of the state legislative leaders or this governor to do anything about it, Heather. Well, you're absolutely right, Tony Craig and Richard. I would say this, though. Policies do matter. They, they, they massively move the needle on criminal justice. On the other hand, rhetoric does, too. And I think that we need our politicians to start speaking the truth that from now on there will be consequences. We are not going to make excuses. We are putting the, the interests of the law abiding ahead of those of the criminals from here on out. That right. has got to be the message. And right now you have an elite that is dedicated to excusing crime on, the, on racial grounds. The reason, here is the reason why we're not enforcing the law. Here is the reason why we have bail reform. Here is the reason why Cyrus Vance stopped prosecuting turnstile jumping and shoplifting. It's because when you do enforce the law in a neutral, colorblind, constitutional manner, you will have a disparate impact on black criminals. Not because the law is racist, but because blacks are committing the overwhelming majority of crimes in the city and across the country. And we've decided we would rather not enforce the law and let the law-abiding just take the consequences than have a disparate impact. And we have got to get away from the disparate impact thinking and say, sorry, we are going to enforce bourgeois norms of civilized behavior and let them where they may. Three strikes, you're out. Go after the recidivists. At the very least, 25 or 100 strikes, you're out. I mean, that's what we're seeing criminals. Well, he, here's the difference. By the way, we're speaking with Heather McDonald of the Manhattan Institute. Tony Carbonetti. Hi, Heather. How are you? Here's the difference, though. In New York, we've created over the last 25 years new neighborhoods that have been built up from crime-ridden neighborhoods to now livable neighborhoods. Unlike Chicago, that keeps all the crime in one part of the of the city, You're right. so no one goes there and no one sees it. Southside. Now crime is all over the place, and everyone's seeing it. Okay, That's it's in true. your neighborhood. Hundred percent, absolutely true. And the thing is, we know how to do this. We 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 turned those neighborhoods around. Yep. We made them. There's safe. a playbook, Heather. We've seen it. We've we know it. it exists. We've been, 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 been there, done that. We been know there, exactly what to do. The received wisdom at the start of Giuliani's tenure was that the national condition of American cities in New York in particular was violence. And he said, no, we are going to enforce bourgeois norms. We turned it around. We have forgotten that yep. message. We have become so racially guilty that we're not willing to enforce the law anymore. And again, it breaks my heart. Business owners, and John Katzmatidis know this, they are assuming massive number of risks. They're putting their property, their inheritance, their savings, their livelihoods on the line. They are willingly assuming those risks to try and join the wonderful miracle of commerce, to try and create wealth for themselves, for their employees, for the public. They are not assuming the risk of being ignored by our politicians and policymakers and being left to the vulnerability of these 
criminal, appalling, barbaric mass lootings. They didn't sign on for that. It's the and a new- government that cannot protect property is a government that does not deserve to be constituted. Heather, it's the new socialist portion of the Democratic Party. Uh, what, it, did, what did they always say? First, you, 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 you take away their guns, then you take away... What was the old expressions that uh, uh, Hitler used or the, or, or the Russians used? Well, that was that was what COVID was all about. The left believes that the government is a perfect substitute and a, and a preferable substitute for private enterprise. And so you have you have Andrew Cuomo, you have Gretchen Whitmer saying, oh, you know, we're going to shut down everything but essential businesses and we'll just send you your checks. They think that that's fine. You can do stimulus spending. You don't need a private economy. The government does it better. We learned that is not the case. New York is still burned out, empty storefronts everywhere. We destroyed livelihoods. We destroyed people's ability to get jobs. And, and, but it, it is absolutely a socialist instinct, and it's, ca- it's carried over beyond COVID. And let me also say this. COVID had nothing to do with the crime wave. This is all a result of George Floyd, glorification of criminality and racial ideology. 100%. And by the way, Heather, the article that you recently uh, wrote about this trumping of the ideology over over reality, when ideology trumps empathy in City Journal, you end it in a very sad note that this won't change until white children start getting mowed down by uh, drive-by shootings. Isn't that awful? It's so sad. It's it's unbelievable that the left postures that Black Lives Matter. They don't give a damn about Black Lives. The only people who talk about crime is white conservatives on Fox and and your show and the New York Post. But the the, the left says, oh, if you talk about crime, it's racist. Well, guess who's bearing the brunt of the crime? If there were white kids betting gun down in drive-bys, there'd be a revolution. Heather, we're out of time. Thank you so much for for telling it the way it is. There's no other way to say it, but tell it the way it is. Thank you, and we'll catch up again really soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. And right now, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to uh, come back. Uh, Lou Dobbs is going to come on and give, tell us what the markets did. Ah, uh, they were a disaster. And after that, uh, Charlie Gasparino is going to come on. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 